It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and I lost my winner pick, at least for the moment. But maybe mine will do the same thing as my co-host Jessica Lewis's winner pick did and get back into the game. That's right. Mine did come back into the game, which seems to be a hot topic of discussion all around the Twitterverse right about now. Maybe yours will turn Twitter upside down as well if she makes it back into the game. Yeah, I, I I do feel the need to point out that that supposed secret advantage you gave me last week that said I would be immune to disagreement from anyone on the Internet. Uh, yeah, that, that that did not work. You uh, lied. Listen, I told you that uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to work out for you, but you were welcome to try it. And you tried it and it backfired. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I will say I had like hundreds of likes on a couple of the, the more controversial tweets, but they're. There did seem to be an opposite effect of causing some people to read into things that I posted and argue with things that I never actually said. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was a cursed advantage. I think it might have been. You know, that's what happens when you take people at their word when they're lying to your face. Oh <laughs> actually, lying, lying through a microphone, really. I didn't lying get to see a you microphone. That's because right. we don't do a video podcast. No, we don't. We mm, don't. No, we don't. Mm. But uh, anyway, <laughs> hey, uh, happy Mother's Day to you hey, and thanks. to... Uh, all our listeners who are moms. Yes. Happy Mother's uh, Day to all the wonderful mothers out there. And uh, it might not be Mother's Day by the time they hear this, but, you know, know that we were thinking of you on the actual day. Yes. And this is how we're celebrating. That's right. I mean, <laughs> by doing a podcast. That's right. You're giving up part of your Mother's Day and my wife is giving up part of her Mother's Day. I know. Day for I, this podcast, I feel bad. So. I definitely feel bad. But it was it was a nice day. My my daughter came home with flowers. My husband gave me a huge box of espresso, which was Fabulous. So, yeah, it's been it's was been it, nice. was it salt and vinegar espresso. No, unfortunately. But wow, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Mm, I think that's get on that kettle. Did you hear that? Yeah. Salt and vinegar espresso chips. I would totally eat that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well. Um, so anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Moving Slight on. tangent there. Slight tangent there. Uh, you know, like many other times this season, we were wrong about who would get voted out because it seems like it's never actually the person we expect it to be. We thought Aurora would be headed to the final three, but at least for now, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least for now, that's not the case. That's true. There's a whole but, uh, thing that we've got to discuss later. Yes, yes. Uh, but hey. A wrong prediction never stopped us before. It's not going to stop us now from Thank our usual God. job of <laughs> yeah, going through uh, my rules to look at how Aurora did. And if, uh, you know, listeners, if you haven't read through them yet, you can still find the full rules at robhasawebsite.com slash Survivor 38 rules. 
And there's also the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules that we've been talking about, uh, which you can find at tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. Yes. And you should definitely order them. They, if people have been noticing, lots of individuals who have purchased them have been posting on Twitter how they look in the frame. They're 11 by 17, so they frame up very nicely. They look great. The color is very bright and vibrant. And yes, you should definitely purchase them. They're only $20. And the shipping department will gladly send it to wherever you might want it. So if it's outside of this world, or I should say it's outside. Outside of this world. We're sending them to Mars? Listen, it's been a long weekend, okay? No, but listen, (laughs) if you definitely, if you live really, really far away, I'll say that outside of the United States, let's do it that way. Don't order on eBay. You can then just contact me directly and we can make arrangements to get it to you wherever you are. Yeah, and uh, I I do want to clarify, you mentioned that uh, people were showing them off in their frames. The frames do not come with them because that would make shipping exorbitant. Yes. Uh, But but uh, I know that uh, a, a listener, a patron, suggested a frame to me on Amazon, and I got that frame, and it looks great in that. So if anyone needs a frame suggestion, I can pass that on as well. And uh, as we mentioned last week, we do have a few autograph posters remaining. Uh, just order and mention that you want one of the autograph ones, and we'll send you one of those while supplies last. Yes. And to the individual that has sent me that inquiry, I apologize. I'm working on getting back to you. I had some trouble with my phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yes, there are some left. Now, um, all right. So, you, you know, you mentioned the poster and the drawing and everything, and we've always been talking about it. And we do need to point out that they are, that it was drawn by Eric Reichenbach. And, you know, before we get to the rules, we need to talk a little bit about Rick because of how he was featured in this past episode. And the reason I bring up Eric is that he, of course, also does the cartoons for Stephen Fishback's People blog. And he had a very funny and perceptive one for this episode, showing Gavin, Victoria, and Lauren standing in the jungle asking, where's Devons? Mm -hmm. And the answer given at the bottom is not in your alliance. Yes. And, And that's a key point because making it so clear that Rick was on the outs has had consequences for all of the other players. As Christian said on the recap podcast, which by the way, if you haven't listened to, you need to um, everybody. I posted uh, a series of tweets with some of some, just a few of the most insightful things that he said, but there's, there's a whole lot of goodness there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, as he said, this is why you never tell someone they're going home. Rick can swing for the fences and play like he has nothing to lose because he has nothing to lose. Yes. The others made it so there was no social cost to looking for idols. And, you know, Becca Devins posted a photo of fifth grade Rick dressed up as the Energizer bunny. (laughs) So he's been preparing for this moment, like almost literally his whole life. Yeah, I do think that it's really fascinating. He's become such a... An interesting character because of the individuals around him. Yeah, Rick is playing things up at Tribal, but he's allowed to because of the circumstances that he's been placed in. He's allowed to say things you would normally never say. He's allowed to to react in ways that you would normally not want to react in front of a jury. And And you have to be mindful when you're out there. The jury doesn't see anything that happens back at camp. They only see what happens in Tribal. And if you're giving him a stage, He's going to use it because why not? None of these people want him in the game. They've made it very clear that they want him voted out. And they've done that in front of the jury. 
So all they're doing is helping the jury make a decision as to, well, who should we vote to win the game, really? Because clearly nobody wants him in the game because they all think he's going to win. So he must be doing stuff that's great. It just it to me, it's it's not it's just not good gameplay for the other players that are making it so likely that the jury would want to pick him in the end. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about I mean, you just talked about he has nothing to lose. So he he isn't really making himself a bigger target. That's one thing I've heard is, Mm -hmm. oh, by doing this, he's making himself a bigger target. No. No. Once once the target encompasses your whole body, you cannot make yourself a bigger target. Yeah. And, you know, Christian called that phenomenon a threat spiral. Mm -hmm. And he said someone is a threat. So everyone tries to get them out. And then they do something big to stick around, which makes them a bigger threat and, and so on. It just spirals out of control. You know, the question is whether the others can get him out because, you know, if they don't, they've already told the jury he should win. Yes. But, you know, I mean, we'll we'll make that prediction at the end of the podcast. Yes. And I but I do think that it's it is worth mentioning at the beginning because Rick has been such a dynamic character on the show and, and he's becoming more so as we get down to, you know, we're down to five now. Down, down to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're almost there. And so clearly they're going to be focusing their attention on one person as we normally see when we get down. The numbers are, are down to five or six. There's always one person that everyone seems to kind of be gunning for. But I think this season we've just seen it so much more and it's so much it's just so vocalized at at the tribal councils. It's almost it's shocking, I think. I think it's really surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Enough about Rick for now. Uh, You know, yeah, for now, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about him next week, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is Aurora's week. And uh, so therefore, let's get to the rules and figure out why Aurora lost. The first rule is, of course, to scheme and plot. And we have a bit of a conundrum here. We know Aurora started as the only member of the Kama tribe willing to align with the returnees. The funny thing is that according to her episode two web confessional, she was also planning to use them and cut them so she wasn't associated with them. So she she had some things to say that was similar to the other members of the tribe because clearly something changed because the rest of the Kama crew put her squarely in the returnee corner. Mm-hmm. And even Aubrey herself felt similar since she said in the web confessional that Aurora was one of the first people to approach her and they vibed well. And that, you know, then they, they had a lot of good logical strategy talks. And of course she gave Aurora the extra vote advantage. Yeah. I think she called her, her well, like one like lifeline really, if she gets back into the game, she was going to utilize mm-hmm. Aurora. So I do think that Aurora did put herself in a difficult spot right off the bat by aligning herself so openly with the returning players because there was such an open, I don't even know if dislike is the right word, but people just didn't want the returning players there. And I think that that was kind of a known thing at the beginning is that it was like, we're all against the returning players, except Aurora. You know, she was... I don't think it was known because I mean we knew it because of the the one or two confessionals that they had at well, that that's time. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think it was known. Even though you know, I was I uh, recently rewatched a couple of scenes, and of course there was the one with uh, Victoria talking about uh, uh, Joe while Joe was like two feet away. 
Mm-hmm. And even then he didn't really seem to know because there wasn't much that he overheard. There was just enough to maybe perk his ears up. But well, there was I, there was a scene, though, where Joe and Aubrey were talking about how they felt like it was going to be them against everyone else. And I feel like that was more at the beginning of the season. There was definitely a discussion between Joe and Aubrey about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it makes sense, obviously. Yeah. And maybe and maybe that was just their read on it at the time, because we are the returning players. But but we did see a lot of conversations amongst many of the members of the various tribes talking about the returning players and, and how they were either going to be shields or the first one out and all of these different variations of it. But at least on Aurora's tribe, it was definitely clear that she was she was with the returning players and the others were discussing that. And I, I feel like she might have alienated herself from everyone right at the beginning by doing that because there seemed to be this mindset from so many of the other players that we don't want the returning players here. Yeah. And, you know, that leads to, to the next part of the conundrum that I had, which was that Aurora did have plans and strategy, as we just mentioned. But she also said in a double episode web confessional that there was basically no strategy talk going on at Kama. And this tells me she probably didn't realize that the other six had been strategizing since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And she was just out of the loop, like you just mentioned. Yeah, It, It serves as a good reminder that if you don't think there's any strategizing going on, it almost certainly means there is. They're just not including you. Yeah. And they're probably talking about you. (laughs) Well, if they're not including you, they're almost certainly talking about you. Yeah. So I I do think that Aurora was, she really did come into this game, I think, from a a very interesting standpoint where she clearly wanted to play the game. And I think she saw a way in which she wanted to play the game, but it wasn't necessarily going to work out the way that I I think she had hoped it would. Like, I, I think that. She's a very strong individual and she wanted to come in kind of guns blazing, if you will. But I, just the group that she was with, it didn't work out for her because of those those decisions she made early on about the returning players. I think that that greatly affected her ability to move forward in the game with everybody else that was on her tribe. Yeah. And as we move forward a bit, um, you know, we can see that after Aurora was left out of the vote, and realized that she was on the chopping block, you know, she and Victoria were the only two left at that immunity challenge after Lauren fainted out of it. And she tried to get Victoria to quit. And then other people, most vocally, I believe was Julie, quickly turned on her and, you know, told her to stop it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I talked about it at the time. I understand that they were concerned about Lauren, but the challenge was still going on Mm -hmm. and Aurora had to try to save herself. She didn't do anything wrong. And I think that's shown by the fact that it was those who the people who were most vocally against her were also the ones who wanted her out next. So I don't think they were purely motivated by we're so concerned about Lauren. How can you do this? It's more uh, we don't want you making a deal because we don't want you immune. Yes, that was that was one of those. It was a moment for them to kind of utilize to their benefit. And make it appear as if it was out of pure concern for Lauren, because it was to their benefit that she win and not Aurora, but obviously Lauren had passed out. So then right. it's Victoria that they want, but they make it all about well, we feel bad for Lauren. So mm-hmm. it, I, I do feel for Aurora because that was a moment where, yeah, was it, did it seem a little uncomfortable as we're watching it and 
Lauren's laying on the ground getting medical attention and Aurora's talking about having Victoria give up immunity. Yeah. But again, I think we talked about this before. This is Survivor. Right. Things are, this is not the real world. Clearly, you wouldn't do that in the real world if someone was laying on the street and passed out. You wouldn't continue. I mean, it depends who it was. But okay. <laughs> sure. But, you know, this is, this is Survivor and it's a game and Aurora knew she was in trouble and she's been in trouble. Her name has been coming up all the time. And so it doesn't surprise me that someone like her would take that as an opportunity and would have that discussion with Victoria and try to get Victoria to agree to step down so she could win because that's the type of person Aurora is. She's a fighter and she wants to play, but I just think she's been kind of put in this really difficult spot. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, once she did win and she continued to stick around, the good part was she was willing to go back to working with people and it it became clear that she viewed a blind side differently from Julie would later do it. You know, she used it to figure out who she could trust and she vowed to stay with the numbers going forward. On the other hand, when Julie was blindsided at the Eric vote, her world was just turned upside down and it took her significantly longer to recover. Yes. I love that you mentioned that because Aurora didn't play this game. It wasn't personal to her. You know, she didn't take the vote personally. She, it's like she understood they're all playing a game and they're trying to win a million dollars. And it's, this isn't about Aurora, the person, this is about Aurora, the player. And she's playing against these other people who are also players. And I really respect that about her, that she wanted to play this game without it being personal. And I right. and I really think that we saw that in the way that she maneuvered through this game, because, my God, she really was the target so often. But she she didn't let that stop her. She didn't let it affect her negatively. She used it so she could continue forward in the game. Yeah. And, you know, as she moved forward, she had her ups and downs in the strategy department, mm-hmm. I'd say, uh, you know, at the crazy tribal council. Um, well, after sorry, after the crazy tribal council, she warned that they shouldn't just act like the lessus couldn't figure out that maybe they could work together if they could get over their differences. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it turned out that the lessus couldn't get over their differences, but she was still right in pointing that out. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, in episode 10, she noted that everyone was going on walks without her, which kind of made me, you know, want to reach through the TV set and tell her, well, you need to find someone and go on a strategy walk with them. It right. was the same sort of thing, you know. You're being left out. Yes. Yes. I do think that that she's, she just wasn't, she was aggressive when she needed to be, but she wasn't aggressive enough. You know, if that makes sense. Like she needed to push even more because of the position she was in. Yeah. Now, as we came to this episode, Aurora wanted Rick gone. But one thing I don't understand is who she thought would be on her side after they voted out Rick. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really wish I knew. But with the disappearance of web confessionals and the edit ignoring many of the players, Mm -hmm. we really don't. I mean, I presume that Aurora must have had some plan. The only thing that makes sense to me is that she thought she was tighter with the core three or some portion of the core three than she really was. Yeah, I really, again, I don't feel like Aurora was looking at her options with the most clarity that she should have been because she really was in a bind. I mean, they, they had been talking about voting her out basically every tribal. And then all of a sudden she went from, Oh no, now I'm, now I'm in with these people and that's it. And I'm good 
But yeah, there was no considering what's happening next. Like, because if I'm if I'm in with them now, but I'm really on the outs, even though I'm voting with them in this particular moment, I'm next to go. If we come back to tribal, it's going to be me. So she would have been better off trying to utilize Rick and bring him into her fold if she could and maybe work something out because, yeah, she was she was the next on the chopping block. Yeah. And if she did indeed feel tighter with Gavin, Victoria and Lauren or some subset, then I, I would have thought that the reward where Gavin took the other two would have been something of a kick in the pants to show her where she really stood, which was on the outside. Plus, they had played back and forth with her and not with her up to this point, which also I thought would make her feel less comfortable. But of course, pretty much everybody has played back and forth. So maybe that's what she was thinking there. But yeah, you're right you know, about joining with Rick. And Christian also talked about this in the recap podcast, saying that she should have joined with Rick to take out Gavin in order to shake things up because she wasn't in the core alliance. Or she could have pushed Rick to play his idol like Devin did to Ben on Triple H to prove that he was really going to use it. And then she could have told him that she'd vote with him if he did it. Now, I suspect the latter wouldn't have worked, Mm -hmm. but it would have been interesting to try. And not like it could have ended up worse for her at that point. Yeah. And that's, and I do think that Aurora was kind of locked into this idea of Rick is going to like, this is going to happen. And she was, she was believing. And I don't know why she was so blindly following Lauren and Gavin and Victoria, just considering everything that had transpired in the game. But I think it goes back to that. She wasn't taking anything personally, even though she was, she was surely affected by the fact that Gavin didn't choose her to go on the reward and it bothered her a lot. But I also think she was just so excited about the idea that people want to work with me because it had been such a struggle for her for so long getting through the game just because she didn't seem to be working with anyone real closely. Like you said, everyone's going on walks without me. I don't think there's any strategizing going on because there's six people who are not including her. And so I think maybe what she was kind of suffering from was this idea that Look, I finally have people, you know, like I finally have a group I'm working with, which kind of put her blinders on, I think. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned, you know, how how well she's done with uh, keeping things, keeping away from her emotions. So, I, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make a game time call here and jump to rule number four, Okay. which because that one tells players not to let their emotions control them. And I, I, like you said, I think she did a good job here most of the time, mm-hmm. you know. She might get upset, as we saw occasionally, and even in this week's lone secret scene, uh, you know, she was getting upset about having not been taken. But she generally put that behind her so she could move forward in the game. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is this week was the time she shouldn't have put it behind her, but rather should have realized that being left out of the reward was an indicator of her position in the alliance. Yeah, no, I agree. And I really she reminds me a lot of myself just in how she's kind of looking at the game and that it wasn't personal. I think that a lot of people struggle when they play Survivor to kind of differentiate the two and try to make decisions based on what's best for my game versus what's best for my relationships with people on the island. And I to her, that's like secondary. Like if if I if I have a friend out on the island, great. If I if I form a relationship, fine, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here because I want to win. And so she was, I think that's why she was able to kind of 
continue to get beat up a little bit and continue to have people exclude her and and not talk to her about strategy and and why at this integral part of the game when we're down in, you know to five people suddenly she thought she had a group and this was going to help her through the end of the game so i do think that she's done a really great job of trying to keep those two things separate like she wanted to play survivor and she wanted to win survivor but it wasn't about going out there and like having fun and making friends. I mean, she, it's like she had a goal. And, and so I think that she, that's probably why she did so well, kind of separating out the emotions and a lot of what she decided to do. Yeah. And you know, that's pretty much what I expected out of Aurora coming into the game because she told Josh in pregame interviews that she can't get emotionally involved in her job. Right. And so she was taking that into the game. Now there was one time when Aurora apparently didn't do such a great job of controlling her emotions. And that was the crazy tribal council. Yes. You know, when she voted against David, I'm not even talking about what happened in the tribal council. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to rule two, but it was when she voted against David instead of jumping ship with almost everyone else to target Julia. Mm-hmm. And when Julia was asked on Twitter, why did Aurora vote David? She tweeted that Aurora wasn't going to write her name down because she told Julia she would never vote for her even though they all knew it was Julia. And remember back to, you know, that that episode of the podcast when we found out War Dog had stood up and done numbers there. So they literally all knew. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that is why Aurora was the only one to vote someone else. And, you know, this is where you have to say it's all well and good to make promises, but she needed to just say, look, Julia, I'm sorry. I, I know I made this promise. I have no other choice. I have to go with the numbers to save my game. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Victoria and Gavin jumped to the other side. And yeah, it would have been just for show to flip. But, it, it, you know, sometimes for show means something. And she did make herself stand out unnecessarily by voting David in that one. And that is true, because that's something that people will remember and people will possibly talk about if you are sitting in the final three. And they'll ask you about it. And you might have an opportunity at that point to explain it. If she had flipped, she could have done exactly how or explain exactly how Victoria did. And when Victoria was like, well, I wanted to be with, you know, on the right side of the numbers. And it could have been that easy for Aurora to say, I wanted to be on the right side of the numbers. Even though she had made a promise to Julia, it does seem kind of outside of the Aurora that we've seen playing the game where she is so good at separating things out and realizing that she needs to play the game and it's not personal. That was a little more personal because she had made a promise, but she kept her promise. And that's what's so tricky about Survivor is you make promises or you have loyalties to people, but you have to try to maneuver that through this minefield. And that was that I think was probably it was definitely a bad call for her in that moment. Yeah, it just, you know, it was the one time that I recall or doing something different than all the good times that she did. Yes. So, all right, let's go back to the second rule, uh, which tells players not to scheme and plot too much, and also to be sure to keep your scheming secret. Now, we already discussed at the top of the podcast that everyone, including Aurora, was very clear about who they wanted out. And that meant Rick knew what he had to do to stay, and he couldn't ever talk to them about any possible plans because they blocked him out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit ironic for Aurora because I mentioned in the first rule how she identified that it would be best for the Lesu to work together. She she should have taken that same idea and worked with Rick 
rather than making it obvious that she wanted him gone. Mm-hmm. But instead, we ended up with a situation of Rick saying, you're a cool girl who refuses to work with me. Yeah. You know, and and, you know, then again, I guess we go back to the conclusion I mentioned reaching in the first rule, which was that she must have felt like she was more solid with the other three. And that's the only thing that makes sense, because, I mean, maybe she thought the other option, if not her, it would be Julie. I mean, because that's the only other person left. You know, if it's not going to be Rick, right. yeah. then who's Literally, next? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so and it, and who knows, maybe Victoria and Gavin and Lauren did a really great job of making her feel safe and secure. And I and I think that she's going to realize now that they really they fooled her really well, because that's yes. not what Aurora was was, I think, imagining was going to happen. So I do I do think that that probably had a lot to do with the reason that she didn't end up going to Rick and trying to work on Rick, there must have been something we didn't see. You know, when Gavin and Victoria and Lauren got back, they they had to have made nice with Aurora. And I I can only imagine that that's why she felt the way that she felt going into that tribal council. Yeah. Now, I, I want to take a quick tangent here. I know, you know, this is Aurora's week but, and we already talked about Rick, but I, I do want to respond to criticism I've seen related to Rick and this particular point. You know, because people have been saying he's not even trying to use his social game. But mm. think about what we just mentioned, you know, and and statements like that ignore the point that nobody else has been willing to work with him yeah. except for Julie in this episode. Everybody else has been very upfront. They want him gone. And, you know, like I just mentioned, Rick noted that Aurora refused to work with him. This is a problem with the whole group being so obvious in their opinions, because otherwise they could have pretended to work with him. He, you know, I'm I'm sure if they hadn't been that vocal, he would have been willing to work with them. And and they could have potentially found a way to blindside him, just like they blindsided so many other people before. Well, and, and the thing is, what people seem to forget is when Rick was voted out way back when. They didn't want to vote him out because everybody liked him. Like, I mean, people were practically like beside themselves at that tribal council because they had to vote out one of the five and they were all friends and they all liked each other and they were all getting along so well. I mean, I do think that that Rick has had a social game and has played a a pretty excellent social game until people stop playing with him (laughs) like what is he supposed to do you know right right and we'll get into that next week again one way or the other i know i know it's no i'm i I mean i was the one who brought it up and i I, it's just you know i I don't the other players should not have been so well non-secretive you know and and that's the thing is keep your scheming secret Mm -hmm. and they weren't which changed the way he had to play the game it changed the way they had to play the game too so mm-hmm. so anyway that's how i ended up on that tangent but getting back to the <laughs> specifics of aurora uh you know being obvious about wanting rick out wasn't the only way she didn't keep her scheming secret because she got busted by rick looking through his bag now yes i i, I doubt that played any role in his decision to try to get the others to target her but it certainly didn't help matters well and this goes back to that just that moment i'm sorry like i have to i'm imagining it in my head right now so i'm pausing but it's one of those situations where most people again 
in your regular life. And I think most people even playing Survivor, when you get busted going through someone's bag, would have a response to it and feel like they've done something wrong. Not Aurora. She was like, like, yeah, what of it? Like, who cares? And I think that's just part of who she is. Because like I said, she's there to play a game. So in Survivor, who cares if you go through someone's bag? Because that's the kind of stuff you do in Survivor. Who cares if you negotiate when someone's laying on the ground, passed out during during a challenge? Because that's what you do in Survivor. And who cares if you say things at a particular tribal council that could be seen as that's so nice because that's what you do in Survivor. And and that's the way Aurora was, I think, throughout this game is that she just had she was going to be very brutally honest and she was going to play this game in a very brutally honest way. And so, yeah, her going through the bag, not so secret. And clearly she didn't try to hide it from even Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, we do have to mention the crazy tribal council yeah. where Aurora said some not so nice mouth. things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While discussing the lesser players in particular. And she, she dug her hole a little deeper in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, she said something, then she said something else. But then the interesting thing is she seemed to realize what was happening and she shut herself down, which eh, not everybody did. Yeah. And you know, that may have saved her from becoming the target instead it was julia yeah and that is true because she was one of the more vocal at the beginning and then all of a sudden it turned into the julia show so it was it was smart for her to realize what was happening and to stop speaking because like mm-hmm. i said she you know the, the comment about soccer moms not a great moment i mean she and she's the one that really kind of got things started and and julia was even telling her You've got to, you're giving things away. So the fact that then it all shifted to Julia, I think was in large part because Aurora did stop and sit down and not say anything else. Yeah, it was ironic that Julia was the one telling her she was giving things away when Julia was, also started, yeah. was giving things away. Yeah, she ran um, with it. She was like, yeah. let's, we're full sending it here. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I will say the soccer mom comment, I believe. Uh, was under her breath. So I think we heard it because of the microphones, but I do not think most of the other people. Oh, you know, that's a good point. That probably was because that was really funny. (laughs) Not that I have anything against soccer moms, but that's the type of person I think Aurora is. She's just brutally honest. Right. And then you saw that she had posted on Twitter a few weeks prior to that with no comment, her wearing a shirt that said, I heart soccer moms. Ah, yes. Aurora. I I appreciate her very much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, before we move to the third rule, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors if there's one in your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. And we're back. So let's go on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. How do you think Aurora did here? I think Aurora, it's kind of a mixed bag, really. I feel like she had to be flexible because of the circumstances that she found herself in. She was aligned very early with the returnees and everybody considered that when they got to the merge that, you know, Aurora's with the returnees. And so I think she was kind of forced to have to be flexible because she had been kind of placed in this box and look, became the target of so many of the votes. She was always like the go-to 
Like if they needed someone to vote out, they're like, what about Aurora? Like it was, it was always Aurora's name. So I feel like she was forced to have to be flexible in order to stay in the game. And I think that's why she managed to last as long as she did, even though she wasn't really aligned with anyone, even though she was working with the returning players, she would work with various people, but she didn't really have anyone that was like a solid group for her until we get to the very end. And all of a sudden she thinks she's in this group before and then poof, she's not. So I think she was kind of, she was just, she was forced to have to be that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there were times when she was very flexible, such as being able to work with people even after they had blindsided her and when she was willing to move around between alliances after that point. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we, we, those last couple episodes, she was firmly on board the anti-Rick train. Yeah. And, you know, Rick tried to give her an opportunity to jump off that train, but she was determined to ride it to the final stop. Unfortunately for her, that train ride ended sooner than she expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I saw, I think, I don't know what happened there. I think she just got excited. She was in a group. Yeah. All right. We already talked about the fourth rule, so let's go ahead to the fifth, which discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. And coming into the game, Aurora worried that this would be her downfall. Mm-hmm. She said she knew she had a loud mouth and would get into arguments. She hoped to delay that happening, but if it did, she would ask forgiveness. We really didn't see much of that happening. Uh, but then again, Jeff Pittman of True Dark Times noted on Twitter after episode 11 that the storyline about how Aurora annoys everyone might make a bit more sense if they'd actually shown her in episodes three to eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we saw her argue with Ron about rice portions, but it didn't seem to hamper their strategic relationship. And I suspected, although we didn't see it, there was probably a mutual apology there somewhere along the line. And besides, I think she was right. Yeah, no, I do think that I do think that Aurora was someone who we had expectations how she was going to be when she came into this game. She and she she was mm, a little more aggressive. I like I said, she brutally honest. But yeah, I don't think that it negatively affected her in the manner that we kind of anticipated that it might because she's very strong in herself and how she presents her opinions, but I don't think it's necessarily done in a manner that's offensive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I will say I mean, we didn't see her for a number of those episodes, like I mentioned, and but she did have some web confessionals back when CBS was still doing those. Mm-hmm. In the double episode, she said the game was starting to catch up to her. She'd been with the same people 24 hours for 12 days. Little things that were okay previously were now bothering her, like Ron snoring, Joe playing with the fire for half Mm -hmm. the night, people telling the same jokes and stories. It started to get to her. Plus, she was sleep deprived, which made it harder to keep comments to herself. But then in her episode eight web confessional, she said she had proven to herself that she could hold her tongue. So I guess she got past those annoyances and mainly just talk to the cameras about them, which, of course, is the best way to handle them. Yes, yes, because she did mention in her pregame interviews that she can get into arguments without even knowing it. So I think that we, you know, we didn't see much of that happen to her out there. But yeah, do we did we not see much of Aurora? Yes, but there were a lot of people we didn't see much of. So we are guessing at some of this, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, the sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. and. You know, I mentioned in the first rule, we had something of a conundrum. And once again, I find myself in a survivor conundrum here Mm -hmm. because last week in the preview section of the podcast, I said 
I think Aurora is completely safe because while she was an immunity threat, people don't care as much about that anymore since the others probably all believe she is not a threat to win at the end and will want to sit next to her. Now, Mm. clearly I was wrong Mm -hmm. about that, Mm -hmm. but you know, she was an immunity threat. That much is definitely clear. The, The thing is that I would think the others would want someone around who might be able to beat Rick in an upcoming challenge. Yes, exactly. It appears they were more concerned about her getting to the end. Yeah, it's definitely weird because I feel like that we saw something that was very similar with like Allison um, when she was, Mm -hmm. uh, was that last season? I have to try to keep them all straight where everyone was talking about Allison being a threat to win and she was doing very well in the immunity challenges and they all wanted her to go because of that concern. But when we were watching the show, we were not necessarily seeing that. I mean, Allison seemed like a great person, but she wasn't coming across the screen as this huge threat to win. But I feel like maybe the same thing is happening with Aurora, because I think Aurora sitting in the final three is going to be one of those people who was a challenge beast, was also someone who didn't really upset anybody that she played the game with because we've already talked about her ability to she didn't really have arguments she was brutally honest but she didn't really offend anyone she didn't really hurt anyone's feelings like there's no ill will towards aurora so she's one of those people that i think could sit in the final three and if you've got enough people mad at that person and enough people who don't think that person played hard enough well then let's look at aurora and and consider her so Maybe it's it's a very similar thing that we we missed out on some of it because of the way that that the show has been pieced together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing bringing up Dr. Allison is a, I I think, a very good comparison, because at the time, what you know, what I recall was that she became known as a threat because people talked about her as a threat. Yeah. Like, you know, saying it made it true. And this time we had a similar thing because I was surprised to hear Lauren tell Gavin that Aurora was a bigger threat than Julie. And, you know, I I thought maybe she was just saying it because she wanted to work with Julie and go to the end with her. But then looking back at my notes, I found that in episode 10, Julie said Aurora was dangerous because she's a challenge beast and others might take her to the end. Mm-hmm. So that thought was already there. You yeah. know, and if you talk about someone being a threat, suddenly people start thinking of them as a threat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so... Stephen also uh, talked about on his blog that, well, like you said, Aurora was a beast in every challenge and had a compelling story that she could tell the jury as the underdog who got to the end. Yes. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I mean, her compelling story is not just the fight that she had to 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 actually I mean, a battle really for her to get to the end because she's been a target for so long. But the other part of her story is her real story, the story of where she came from. She has an incredible story of growing up as a foster kid and the effects that it had on her. And look at what she's turned herself into and what her life has become. I mean, that's that's like a great story for anyone to have sitting there in the final three. So she has a a personal story, but then she's also got this great game story, too. So, yeah, that's that's someone you don't want to be sitting next to in the final three. Right. And, you know, I mean, that was basically the same conclusion I had. You know, she she had to fight to stay while people wanted her out, much like Rick. And, you know, Julie probably was seen more like a deputy of Ron and perhaps even a bit erratic at times. Yes. That I I think that's why Lauren would prefer to face Julie in the end, 
And my guess is she must have convinced the other two that Aurora was indeed the overall bigger final threat, such that it outweighed the possibility that she could win a challenge and take out, well, the real biggest jury threat of Rick. Yes. And the other thing, too, about Aurora is she's kind of playing her she's played her own game, even though she found herself in this four, this, you know, group of four, if you will, at the end. But she really has been playing a game that has been her own. She hasn't been locked into any other person. She hasn't been like a, you know, a strong, she doesn't have a strong partner in the game. You know, it's not like she had a, you know, a Rick and and David where they were working together, or you had a Lauren and Kelly that are working together. She didn't have anybody. And so I think if she were to sit in that final three, she really can talk about her own game. And she doesn't have to talk about how her game is different than so-and-so's game or that person's game because she doesn't have that other person. It's all Aurora and what she was able to do maneuvering her way through all of the nuances of this game and all of the problems that she ran into and, and the fact that people weren't strategizing with her. I mean, that really is a hard, a hard thing to do in this game and to get to the final three with that story. Yeah. I mean, you're, you really have your own, your own story to tell. It's no one else's, but your own. Right, right. All right. Well, we can move on to the seventh rule, which covers idols and advantages. And of course, Aurora had the extra vote that was sent to her from Aubrey on Extinction Island. How do you think she did with that and for this rule in general? I don't like what she did with it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, well, because I, I appreciate the fact that she was coming up with a creative way to utilize it, but she handed it to Ron. And by handing it to Ron, it's Ron's at that point. So Ron, of course, being Ron, considered, wouldn't it be funny if I voted out Aurora when I have the extra vote? She gave it to me. I think the smarter move for her would have been, listen, I will give you this tomorrow. I know she wanted it back because she wanted to use it. But if you're worried that you're going to get voted out, perhaps you use it as a bargaining chip to say, listen, if, if you don't vote me out, if you vote with me, if we work together... I will give this to you like this will be my yeah, and then, yes, Ron can use it. And so he still could potentially use it to vote her out. But I don't know what she was necessarily gaining by giving it to him in that moment because it didn't really get her anywhere because she still could have been voted out and Ron would have had it anyway. Well, I think that that she believed that he was her ally and that it was going to be other people who might vote her out. And so she was giving this gift to her ally if she got voted out and it was something that he couldn't stop. That's the way I read that situation. And that's possible. And and maybe it was an assurance then that it would actually get used because that is unfortunate if you do get voted out and then no one gets to use it. So maybe that was the plan that she had in place. But I just thought it was a little that was a little strange. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know. We saw the mistake fan that fan favorite Sierra Dawn Thomas, soon to be England, made. You know, mm-hmm. now, now Aurora didn't make the same, pay the same price. But I, yeah, there are not many situations I can think of where it would be good to give somebody something that they can keep if you're voted out. Yeah, I mean, because it's not going to help your game if you're no longer in the game. Yeah, then that right. person gets to use it. Great. Well, unless you can come back. Right. And that's true, too. And that's that one weird wrinkle in this whole season is that you're hoping to come back or you're hoping if you do come back, you've got someone you can work with. And if she mm-hmm. thought she would have Ron, but I and for her to pick Ron, too, I thought was he's he was just so 
I didn't get the impression that they were as close as as you would want to be with someone that you're passing off something like that to. Like you're trusting someone with this. I don't feel like Aurora had a close enough relationship with him to justify giving it to him. Yeah, but we talked last week about I mean, we didn't go into detail, but he put effort into and that, yes. going to her, making sure she felt okay. He groomed that relationship. And that is he, true. Yes. You know, so, uh, so apparently it, you know, sort of almost worked. But then there was what she actually ended up doing with the extra vote, which was, you know, giving it to Gavin. Yes. And, you know, she showed that she definitely knew all the rules related to it, which I'd expect from a good attorney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and because she gave it to him when she recognized that if she used it and there was a tie when she was one of the targets, she wouldn't be able to use it again and therefore would pretty much automatically lose. So giving it to Gavin was the best option because he was immune. Yes. And I do love that she took that into consideration. So the first part of what she did with it, I don't like. But the second part I do like because it does show that she was thinking ahead and she also realized that she was still on the chopping block which i think you know in, in her situation it was good for her to recognize that and then also good for her to say hey listen this might help benefit all of us and here's and and i think it it helped kind of solidify the group that she was trying to become part of at that point because they were strategizing together and that probably made her feel good considering she right. had such difficulty up to that point in strategizing with anyone. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about it was that if Aurora had played it, I'd have gotten points in my draft, but I, you know, <laughs> Gavin playing it didn't help me. Ah, so. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that draft. Right. Let's go on to appendix a, which is about the rest of the tribe, keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And a big part of the rule is that they should, whenever possible, vote the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. And, in this season, we seem to have skipped over that second week portion because people just keep voting out strong, 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 strong. And there weren't really any weak targets. And, you know, I thought that maybe Aurora would have been a contender at the end if she made it to final three. Or, I'm sorry, wouldn't have been a strong contender at the end, which would have made her, you know, maybe one of the quote unquote weak. The others clearly disagreed. And they were the ones who were there. You know, they were the ones looking at it. And we've talked about that already, why we can understand how they would have seen it that way, uh, especially as we discussed in the sixth rule. But, you know, the question here is whether they made the right choice. I don't think they did. No. Uh, and so. So let's get to that. And I, I, I do want to uh, say Jeff Pittman of True Dark Times wrote a, a you know nice article that I, I saw just like moments before we started recording. So I, I didn't get to, you know, grab any notes or quotes from it. But, you know, he talked about why she didn't make the right move. And I, I you know, I agree with a lot of what I saw there. And there's there's been a debate about this already because uh, Stephen Fishback said in his blog that Lauren recognized it made a lot more sense to vote out Aurora than it did to take out Julie. Because Julie hadn't done well at recent challenges and she had outbursts at tribal council that could have made the other contestants think that she's a jury goat. Uh, but Rob noted on know-it-alls that Aurora was loyal to the other three, even though she's been outside the group. So did it really make sense for them to vote her out instead of Julie, who was definitely opposed to them? 
why not keep stringing Aurora along a little while longer mm-hmm. and hope that she could beat Rick in a challenge? Yes. I, and here's the other thing, too, that they're not considering. This whole edge of extinction thing where people are potentially coming back. And if you keep sending all of the strong players to edge of extinction, I understand this idea of as Julia said, you know, you stack the deck a little bit. But if you send someone like Julie, the chances that Julie is going to be the other people out there and get back in the game slim to none. So you haven't really, you haven't really, and not that, I mean, Julie did win immunity. I don't want to, I don't, I shouldn't downplay her abilities, but just where we all are in the game and what we've seen. I don't think that she would be more likely to be anyone on edge of extension than Aurora would. And if Aurora does, and she's coming back in the game and you've completely like, I'm sorry, but you've pissed her off at that point. <laughs> so I just feel like it was it was a bad idea for them because I feel like it would have been easier for them to justify voting her out later if they keep her around and they're down, you know, even if they get down to the final four, well, you know, one of us has to go kind of thing. I think she would understand that more and wouldn't necessarily have it out for them like I think she is likely going to have now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And like I said, you know, that's a, to me, that's the biggest reason to have not voted the way they did. But there's an even more interesting idea that I, I've heard brought up on the podcast is the question of why Gavin and Victoria didn't just turn on Lauren. I know. I because, thought for sure they would. Yeah, I thought that's where it was going. You know, Lauren told Gavin she wanted to vote Aurora no matter what Victoria thought, which is not a very team-oriented thing to say. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was clear to them that Lauren wants to work with Julie at the end. Yeah. Plus, I believe Lauren is a bigger threat than either Aurora or Julie at the end. Yes! I, mean, she, I, I think she's the second biggest threat to win behind only Rick. Oh my God, I totally so, agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Gavin and Victoria could have blindsided her, which, by the way, would have sent another idle out of the game in someone's mm-hmm. pocket. Now, I mean, they didn't know that, but right. still, you know, they, they could have kept Aurora loyal to them and still had the same current numbers advantage that they have now. I, I really don't see a downside to them voting out Lauren. Yeah, no, I think that that would have been to everyone's benefit because. Except Lauren. Except Lauren, yes. And because I do agree, I think that Lauren has had such a great ability to adapt throughout the game. And people have kind of not that they've forgotten she's there, but somehow no one is looking at her as the challenge beast that she is and someone who hasn't upset anyone who's on the jury. She's got a buddy on the jury over there, Kelly, who could really like sell things for her as far as votes are concerned. I mean, Lauren is one of those people that could definitely if she's sitting in the final three, she could take this home. And I and it's. It's incredible to me that as they're having that conversation, Gavin and Victoria, that that didn't click to either of them because they realized it. They actually realized, well, she clearly wants to work with Julie. Well, why would that be? Well, if she wants to work with Julie, there can only be three people that sit in the final three. And if it's Lauren and Julie, then it's only one of us. You know, if it so the numbers just don't work out if Lauren wants to sit next to Julie, because then it's that's that's two of the three. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just figured that, uh, you know, they'd put Julie in the fire making and Julie would lose. 
But I, I don't think that's a given. Yeah, no, I don't think it is either. As a matter of fact, uh, as I recall from looking back at my notes, Julie practiced fire making for months before mm-hmm. coming on this little trip. Yes, so. she did. But Lauren can also make fire in five minutes. That was mentioned yeah. as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so, saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear we agree uh, with the many people who said, no, that this was not the right move. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we come to Appendix B, which talks about setting up the jury at this point. First, we saw some of them basically giving Rick's jury speech for him, talking about how he'll win at the end and and just singing his praises, as we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know they feel like they have to get him out and they will probably lose if he makes it to final three anyway. So, you know, maybe they feel like it's not hurting us because. Either he's going to get to the final three and win or he's not. But um, it, it, still, you you don't have to make it even more certain by telling the jury how awesome he is. Yes. They, you know, they should have been doing everything they could to take him down a few notches in the jury's eyes. Christian said on the recap podcast, grandstanding to the jury is important because they only see tribal counsel. The solution is to out grandstand the grandstander or to deflate him. Mm -hmm. Or as DJ LaBelle Klein said on Twitter, rather than hype how Rick will win if he gets to final three, his competitors should have sandbagged him in front of the jury by saying things like, I'm not worried about Rick at the end. He's been on the outs, already voted out, missed votes multiple times. He's a non-factor in my eyes. Yes. But none of them did any of that. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is it's almost like Rick Devins has taken on a whole nother persona at the tribal councils and we've seen this in the past few where he's been able to push a little bit more to say a little bit more to put on a a big show because everyone's allowing him to do it and they really are they're just adding fuel to the fire and it and as we've you've already said this is all that the jury sees they don't see what happens on the island so don't give an audience to Rick. And that's exactly what they're doing is they are playing into this story that Rick will win. And none of us want to sit next to him in the final three. They're, they're showing their cards. They're showing their hand and that they're fearful to sit next to him. So if the person who ends up sitting next to Rick has been one of those people that has already told the jury, I don't want to sit next to him because he's going to win. Well, then I'm not going to vote for you because you already told me you shouldn't win against Rick. Yeah, I mean, they are playing his game. Yes. You know, you all you never want to play the other person's game. I don't care what sport it is. If you're a basketball team and you're against a team that likes to run and gun, you slow them down. Right. If you're a poker player and you're against someone who likes to bluff a lot, you play tighter and you call. Yeah. You know, you don't play their game. Mm -hmm. You play the opposite of their game. And instead, they're all playing into the Rick Devins game. Yes, absolutely. And it is not going to bode well for any of them. If he makes it to final three. Mm -hmm. So now the other. So I I said that was the first and, you know, that was a long first point. But the other way that they hurt themselves when it came to facing the jury at the end was that Aurora left the game believing that Rick fooled them. Yes, I know. So so she's giving him credit for voting her out which means she's even more likely to vote for him to win. Yes. And if she believes it, then the other jurors are more likely to believe it as well. 
Um, there, there was a guy named Steve on Twitter. Sorry, that's all I know. Guy named Steve. Uh, he noted that all they had to do to undermine Rick right here was to say, yeah, we're sticking with the plan we came in with. Yeah. You know, that would have shown that they they were always going to vote this way. Rick didn't convince them. Now, this supposes that that's what happened. And I think pretty much everyone watching has come to the conclusion that Rick did not force that flip that they had it planned ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Of course, we would know if we had uh, web clips on CBS All Access. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, presuming that, then, yeah, they they let Rick get the credit for a move that they made. Yeah, and that's, and Aurora's going to go back to Edge of Extinction, and that's what she believes, and that's what she said as she walked out, and that's what she's going to tell everyone who sits on that jury. and. And it's one more notch in his belt. And everyone has been, I say everyone, but the the arguments on Twitter is that he's always been on the wrong side of the vote, the wrong side of the vote. But you just gave him that whole vote. And and they should have definitely made it very clear to the jury that, no, we're, we're going to do exactly what we wanted to do before we walked in here, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of the show that you're putting on for the jury. Go ahead. Waste your idol. Play it on Julie. You know, I mean, do whatever you're going to do. Play it. You know, I mean, it's just or play it on yourself. I mean, it's just it's one of those things that they could have downplayed it and just kind of put him in a corner. But nobody did. Right. Right. I, it really would have been a waste to play it on himself, considering he was immune. That's I can't remember all these things. I apologize. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, wait, who is he? It was going to play it for yeah. Julie. So, yes. <laughs> all right. So. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that, you know, we've covered it well. We've gone through all the rules. So what are your final thoughts on Aurora? I really did enjoy Aurora. I wish we had seen more of her. Uh, but what we do know of Aurora and what we saw was pretty much how she promised she was going to be in her pregame interview. She talked about how she was stubborn and she's direct but she knows that she has these qualities about herself and she's willing to actually talk it out with people if, if she came into an issue with it. But she also was coming into this game. She wasn't going to have any worries. She wasn't worried about her family or her job. People were expecting her to be ruthless. And I really think that Aurora came into this game wanting to be that player, wanting to be ruthless and wanting to be brutally honest and really fight hard. But unfortunately, she ended up finding herself on the outs from the beginning. And that was because of who she ended up kind of aligning herself with, as we discussed those returning players that everyone seemed so adamant to get out of the game. So she really did have to kind of claw her way through. I think she really did a great job doing that. She made it this far and she was clearly a challenge beast. But I do think that her ability to kind of set aside her emotions helped her along the way because she was able to. Forget about the fact that people were voting her out or trying to vote her out, that she was a target, basically every tribal council and still managed to stick around and still managed to be involved in some of the strategies towards the end. And unfortunately, I think she really fell for this group. She all of a sudden was part of a group, something she hadn't been part of throughout the whole game. And it, I think it got to her head. And I think that she was kind of blinded by this idea that suddenly I have people that are on my side and that are going to vote with me and we're going to play this game together. And when you haven't had that for 32 days, you know, maybe that was why she lost sight of what was truly going to happen at that tribal council. All right. 
Uh, several times throughout this podcast, you've heard me refer to conundrums because we receive contradictory information or no information in some cases. But overall, you know, those were dealing with specific details of Aurora's game rather than her overarching story. Aurora did scheme and plot, but she was often left out of the loop. She, along with almost everyone else not named Rick Devins, was too obvious in who she wanted to vote out, which cut off strategic possibilities. This became especially important after Gavin showed her where she stood in their four-person alliance by bringing the other two on reward and leaving her standing there with what was, quite frankly, a really bad excuse for how he made his choices. Aurora must have felt she was still in a better position with the trio. Unfortunately, we don't know why, but, you know, and, and they quickly showed her that she wasn't. Coming into the game, Aurora worried that her mouth would be the end of her, but from what we saw, that wasn't the case. Uh, there were a couple verbal sparring matches, and it, it seems some of her tribe might have been a little annoyed with her, but I don't think there was anything there that ended up causing her loss. And at the same time, like you said, she kept her emotions out of the game. In, instead, what happens, it seems like somewhere along the line, Aurora went from being seen as a challenge threat to a final three threat, at least more so than Julie. Aurora needed to recognize where she stood with her three supposed allies and make a move to either jump in with Rick and Julie or eliminate one of the three so she could take their place. But sometimes on Survivor, it's difficult to recognize where you truly stand or else blindsides would never happen. Aurora stood near, but not fully with Gavin, Victoria, and Lauren. Maybe if she hadn't taken such a strong anti-Rick stance alongside them, she could have found a way to keep going. But they came to the conclusion that she was too much of a final threat to take along when they couldn't get rid of the guy they really wanted. And that is why Aurora lost. Excellent. All right. Now comes... Dun, dun, dun. Mm, our favorite Finale I know. There's so much right. happening here. Yes. So let's let's start here. Um, you know, Rick obviously comes into this episode as target number one. Like I said mm -hmm. uh, earlier, when your target encompasses your whole body, there's no place else to go. Um, you know, but is it possible that the edge of extinction returnee could swing that a bit if everyone realizes that whoever comes back is going to have a pretty big advantage with the jury, especially if they've spent a fair amount of time on Extinction Island with them. Yeah, I'd say that's possible. So the first prediction we have to make is who will come back into the game. And I'm leaning towards the person that we just spent over an hour talking <gasps> Me about. Me too! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm um, so excited. I, yeah, I, I just, I think there's something to be said about still being in game mode. Yes. You know, the rest of the people have been sitting there, in some cases, for over a month. Yes. And, and I just think she's still in game mode. She's lean and mean and ready to fight. Yes. And, I, I, you know, so... Uh, I know I'm not the only one to pick this. I didn't know you did, but I know Rob has said the same thing. So I was going to ask who you picked, but you just announced it. So. I know. I apologize. But because no, here's the thing. I have been on this like Chris kick for a while, like thinking that Chris is coming back. But then I really started to look at it. And even though Aurora hasn't 
eaten much. You know, she hasn't really, I don't think she's gone on any reward challenges. She is still a beast. Thanks to Gavin. I know. Thanks to Gavin. She's still a beast in all of these challenges. And she is going to be coming into that challenge with a much different mindset than everyone who's been sitting on Extinction Island because she's pissed at these people, you know, like she's angry that they voted her out and she thinks they fell for, for Rick's trick. And so I think her motivation, it's not going to be, I want to get back in the game because I want to get back in the game. Her motivation is going to be, I want to get back in the game because I want to get back at these people, you know, cause they, like that's, she's fresh in that, in that headspace. Whereas everyone was in that headspace. But now it's just like, I just don't want to be on edge of extinction anymore. Like, this is well, boring. I'm pretty sure Reem, if we judge by who is the angriest, I, I think <laughs> Reem would win. If it was an anger contest. <laughs> that is true. Reem, Reem know, definitely or, seems angry. But I yeah, do so. I do think that she has the, she's, she's got the mindset that she needs to win because of what just transpired. I think that's going to help, help her win in that challenge. Yeah. So then the question is, what happens next? And, you know, I'm not going to go blow by blow here because that would just be silly. Um, and uh, it just gives us more opportunity to be wrong. So why do that? Uh, unless you want to, you know, if you if you want to go uh, uh, per, vote by vote. No, we don't. We don't really have because there, okay. there's some variations. There's things that well, can yeah, happen. There's lots of variations. So, yeah, we so, don't need to do that because I'm going to be wrong okay. anyway. Right. Uh, but, <gasps> you, you did know, that. I. You're mean. What? No, no I, I said we both would. No, I was I like, that. I'm going to be wrong anyway. And you're like, right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, so will I. Uh, so the second preview uh, for the finale claimed it will be the most unpredictable finale ever. And so some people are taking that to mean, oh, look at that. It's not going to be Rick. It's not going to be. It's going to be whoever comes back from Extinction Island. I, the way I look at it is they were just referring to the fact that we have 11 people who could end up coming back into the game. So they're being technically and mathematically correct. Uh, you know, it is going to be the most unpredictable part because we don't even know who our final six will be. Yes, but and that's true. That, re that really doesn't help us. You know, that's one of those statements that's kind of meaningless. So part of me really wants to think the winner won't be as obvious as it appears. I've heard from a number of different people on Twitter and Facebook and I can almost convince myself that someone other than Rick will win and that all this focus on him has just been a big distraction because he's been the one acting out the most. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so what I say to that is something that I said on both of those social media outlets. If Rick wins, the show was edited terribly to make it far too obvious. Mm -hmm. If Rick doesn't win, the show was edited terribly to hide the actions of the person who does win. Either way, there's one thing for certain. This season was edited terribly. And, <laughs> uh, you know, as, as Christian said on the recap podcast, Survivor is best when you understand why people are doing what they're doing and you can put yourself in their shoes. But all too often this season, that hasn't happened. You can't put yourself in their shoes because they're barely showing their shoes. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. No, I agree. So, yeah. So, okay, putting that aside, we saw the other players making the case for Rick winning if he gets to final three. And as Christian noted again on the recap podcast, Rick is providing entertainment to board Edge of Extinction uh, uh, residents who are also jurors. 
Plus, he appears to have been making big moves. By making a big show, it makes you look like you're making big moves, even if you're not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Plus, he validates their experience. And based on what we've seen, I cannot imagine a scenario where Rick gets to the end and loses. Mm -hmm. I I just can't think of how that would happen. Um, You know, then again, if you had asked me a few years ago, I just probably said the same thing about Aubrey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not impossible. I just can't foresee that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rick still has to get to that point. Yes. He has to win immunity in at least one of the next two challenges. And then he has to win immunity or fire making at final four. Uh, it, it's it's not an impossible task, but it's not a given either. So so I babbled. What am I predicting? I know what your final prediction will be. So. I, I, not that you've told me, I, I just know, uh, but, but so I wanted to find a way to tear myself away from that and go another direction. You know, maybe someone else will win. If it isn't Rick, I believe it has to be Lauren, but even if it's her, they've all been severely underedited for much of the season and a win by her will leave many viewers scratching their heads. Mm-hmm. I, I could see it as a possibility, but that's mostly because I'm, trying to find something other than Rick. Mm-hmm. In any case, it's possible. But as hard as I try, as much as I want to divert from this path, I just can't go against my instincts. So I'm going to join you in what I'm sure your prediction will be Da-da-da. and say, say Rick will win. Yes, Rick will win. <laughs> wow, what a shocking prediction from you. I. I listen, I need to at least have something like I got to get one right. I haven't I haven't been doing so well in my predictions every once in a while. You had your winner pick last year. You got it. You picked Nick. So it's my turn. My turn. Yeah. No. And I agree with you that Rick getting to the end, it's um, going to be very, very difficult. But I do think Aurora, if she comes back in the game, that's going to help Rick greatly. Because I think everyone who voted out Aurora last time is going to be going, oh, damn it. Look who came back. Hi, Aurora. We just voted you out. Aren't you angry with us? And I think it's a a much easier vote for everyone to kind of agree upon. You know, again, let's just vote out Aurora because, well, we know that Lauren's got an idol. We know Rick has an idol. So we got so the next vote, it's. It's not going to be Rick. And if they decide to try to go against Lauren, which would be silly, she's got an idol. So you kind of dwindle the numbers and you're looking right back at Aurora again. I really think that that's what we're going to end up seeing, which would be sad for Aurora. But I think it makes sense. And then Rick's got to win immunity, which we've seen him do. And he's been able to do it well. I mean, he's, he's won. Is it two or three? I can't even remember three. 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 So the fact, you know, the possibility of him winning or finding another idol, because we're going to be down to six. Use it. You can use another one at five. I don't know. He's going to get there because he's going to win. If they, Yeah. I don't know if they'll put another idol into the game since Lauren has an idol. And that's and true. I, I, you know, I do think I, I didn't include it in my prediction. We know that whoever comes back into the game might know that Lauren has an idol because Kelly spilled those beans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that we saw Kelly spill those. Beans. Yeah. Cause it was immediate too. It was like the first thing right. she said. Yeah. 
Right. So it's got to um, mean something. Well, it doesn't have to. I, I mean, sometimes they just throw things in there. And that's but, true. But I do think, I, I just don't know what it will mean. It could simply mean that it happens when, you know, Rick plays his idol, she plays her idol, and what, Gavin, you know, gets booted or something like that. Something weird like that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to even try to predict what happens there. But before we do finish with this prediction segment, there was someone on Twitter who asked us a question. He goes by Trav is living the dream. And he asked whether Rick should absolutely play his idol at the second final six tribal council with the returnee coming back or if it would be a wait and see situation. And does it depend on who comes back? So my answer is, I think, Rick, if he doesn't win immunity, he has to play his idol the next time. Mm-hmm. So, the, oh, yeah. so if he wins immunity this time, he has to play it the next time. Whatever happens, he has to play his idol the next time he does not have immunity, no matter what. Even if the most threatening person in the game returns, Rick simply cannot trust any of the other players. Mm-hmm. They could they could be truly targeting the returnee, but there's no way for him to know that. There's no way for him to trust anything they say. So he has to play it no matter what. If, of course, what that means is if you're the other players, you do target the returnee knowing that Rick's going to play his idol and you make him waste it. Yes. And that's and that's what I'm saying. It's an easy vote for them. They can flush an idol. They can get Aurora out of the game again. And then they can all be right back to where we were before. <laughs> like the same exact five yeah. that we already had. So Groundhog Day. Exactly. This is Groundhog Day. And then it's just going to be a matter of how things shake out moving forward from there. But I do think the fact that the fire component of this, you know, the Lauren and Julie, I think there's a, I think there's a pretty strong likelihood that those two might be making fire against each other. I don't, I just kind of, that's what my gut is telling me, but yeah, I don't, I don't see how Rick can't be in the final three and how Rick, can't win this season considering the editing that we've seen. I just because there's so much we're not seeing then. I mean, this is that would be such a confusing season of Survivor that I wouldn't even I don't know how anyone could explain why they would have done that if he doesn't win. I I don't either. So uh, hopefully we won't have to be the ones who try because I remember when I did the Why Michelle One podcast and, uh, you know, that that took some digging. And a lot of that digging was in like uh, the jury speaks videos, which who knows if we'll get those. Yeah. And, and other web clips. And if if we don't get those and it's someone other than Rick, well, we could have a, a hell of a task ahead of us for next mm-hmm. week. But mm-hmm. yeah. Let's hope CBS All Access at least gives us jury speaks videos. I hope they do, because that would be great to have. Yeah. All right. I got to get something so, for my five ninety nine a month, right? Five ninety nine. I pay the full amount, so I don't have to get commercials. <laughs> you know what? I really should because the commercials are. It's the same commercial every time, and it's as long as the damn clip. Oh my god! You know, it's terrible. You, you, that's what finally did it for me. I'm like, fine, fine, CBS, you've beaten me down. Yes, I. It's. It's. I think they do it on purpose to make you crazy. So like, oh look, oh, yeah. it's the same yeah. commercial I get to listen to again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So we both have the same predictions. Exactly. I know. So we will have no bragging rights other than you will have the overall season bragging rights. Oh, it's going to be so nice. (laughs) 
I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. I'm definitely excited about yeah. the prospect of that. I think yeah. I'm going to call up Michelle and have her do a soundbite for me. Jessica, oh, you are yeah. right. Yeah, okay. that'd be All good. Right. No, it, w- it won't be the same. I, n- I, I can try, can I? No, no, you can't. <laughs> Okay. I think she's out hunting dragons somewhere. She probably is. She's flying so, around on them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up, I want to remind people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading over to com slash patron to help support all of the RHAP podcasts and find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, and more, all in the special patron Facebook groups. Again, check out everything at com slash patron. And once you get to those Facebook groups, make sure to say hello to us. And you should also follow us both on Twitter. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and David is at David Bloomberg. You should definitely follow both of us so you can get the complete picture and you can see all of the wonderful posts back and forth that we place on Twitter. And you could get yourself involved in those conversations as well, because as you heard, there's been some. There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of. There's a lot of Twitter speak going on, a lot of conversations, lots of stuff happening out in that Twitterverse. Yeah, so, to, to quote a well-known uh, RHAP guest, it's a lot. Eh, that is that is true. So you should definitely follow us both again. That was at Jessica Lewis 89 and at David Bloomberg. All right. It is time for the hashtag. And uh, the, the one that I have come up with is one that uh, we kept uh, seeing time and time again in uh, in this podcast as I was going through all my notes and everything, and that would be hashtag Survivor Conundrum. I think that's great. Survivor Conundrum. All right. And of course, the hashtag for this podcast overall is YXLost. Uh, before we finish, I just want to remind everyone about the incredible poster that Eric Reichenbach uh, drew with uh, Jessica's oversight, which covers all of the rules we just discussed. As soon as this podcast is over, or heck, go right now, uh, go to eBay via the link tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster. And, uh, you know, as we've mentioned, we've had orders from outside the U.S. You can just uh, go directly to Jessica about those. And, uh, you know, we've sent them to Canada, England, Ireland, Australia. So, you know, feel free to order. And again, if you want one that's been autographed, there are still a few left. So hurry while supplies last. Uh, I feel like I, I should also say in there and but wait, there's more. You also get this free steak knife. Uh, you don't, by the way. You don't. But there um, is more, actually. Oh, there is. There is more. So I am going to be attending Hearts of Reality again this summer. It's going to be in August. And I uh, apologize. I don't have the actual website in front of me. But all you have to do is Google Hearts of Reality 2019. And you will see that I have a donation page there. And the first five people who donate more than $75 to my page, because I have to, I have to raise at least $500. The first five people that donate more than $75, I will get the Y blank lost poster signed by every survivor who is at Hearts of Reality. And I will mail it to you after Hearts of Reality in August with everyone's signatures. So. Definitely jump on that. First five people to do it, that's what you're going to be getting. A signed poster from all of those people who are going to be at Hearts of Reality from Survivor. Be in the first all right. five. It's very important. <laughs> that was my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have a special guest birthday girl we appearance. We do. A special guest birthday girl appearance. That's right. 
<laughs> all right. Uh, well, make sure you're getting all the survivor commentary you can handle besides from Hannah uh, for the for the finale by subscribing to all of the RHAP survivor podcast that Rob has a podcast dot com slash survivor or just, you know, search for it on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV wrap ups feed and you should also subscribe to that one because once survivor is done and big brother starts up, that's where a lot of the big brother stuff is on reality TV wrap ups. Uh, so in addition, of course, to the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, this week in survivor, the B and B, all of that is on some combination of those two channels. So with that, I would like to thank Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on why blank lost. Thanks as always to Will from America for the theme song. And thanks to you, Jessica, for another great episode. Well, thank you, David Bloomberg. This has been super fun as always. And I can't wait until next week when I get to say Jessica was right. And Rick, one survivor. All right. We will see. (laughs) We will see. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been so fun as usual. And yeah, we'll see you next week or hear you next week or you'll hear us next week. That's right. Next week, we will have Why Blank won and everyone else lost. So we will talk to you then. Bye. Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.